welcome to the Inspired Riding Podcast. I'm your host, Beth Lauren Parrish. As a certified riding instructor, remote coach, and animal communicator, I bridge the gap between your inner and outer worlds as you strive to enhance all aspects of your riding. I'm here to remind you that you are powerful and more than capable of changing your reality with your horse time. In this podcast, I had the privilege to interview Sherry Meishen. Sherry started her equestrian journey as an adult amateur when she moved to the Texas Hill Country. She spent several years searching for the right equine partner and trying to make things work with the wrong horses. Several times, she found a good horse, only to find it wasn't a good match for her. During her horse search, she was introduced to the book Horse Harmony by Dr. Madeline Ward. That changed how she looked at horses and gave her a real understanding for why she was struggling with some horses. She has used the principles in the book to find her heart horses, Gitano, a Lusitano gelding, and Finnegan, an Irish draft gelding. Sherry has a true passion for temperament typing and helping owners to better understand their horses using the horse temperament principles. After retiring from a long corporate career, she chose to pursue certification as a master horse temperament consultant in order to further her work helping horses and their people build better partnerships. She also has extensive training in holistic equine nutritional studies through a mentorship with Dr. Ward. Here's our interview. I hope you enjoy it. Sherry, thank you so much for being on my podcast. And I would love to start out just hearing a little bit about your background with horses, if you want to share with people. Oh, gosh. Well, first of all, thanks for having me. Um, you know, I'm one of those, those horse people who didn't start this when I was a kid. I actually started this whole horse girl thing, right? Not when I was 12, but when I was, you know, in my 40s. Um, so I was kind of late to the party, if you will, on becoming that horse crazy girl. My husband and I had moved to a, a horse property in Texas. And sort of by default, my life was going to be with horses. And, um, you know, I, I like to tell people that I didn't learn to ride, you know, when I was a kid with reckless abandon. I learned to ride and be with horses when I was an adult with a healthy sense of fear about, you know, falling off and things that could happen. So it's been an interesting journey that now has been going on for about 10 years of my life. That's beautiful and such an inspiration for adults that are just getting into it. Yeah. So you are a master horse temperament consultant. Can you tell people what that is? Yeah. Yeah. So basically, um, that means that I determine the temperament type of a horse using Chinese medicine, which I know sounds a little crazy, a little out there. Um, but anyone familiar with Chinese medicine, the foundation of that is that every living thing has all the elements in nature, you know, fire, earth, metal, water, and wood. And that each of us actually has a constitutional type and that includes horses too so if we can determine what a horse's constitutional type is we can determine how best to support that horse 
from a training perspective, from a nutritional perspective, from a management perspective. We actually use a system that Dr. Madeline Ward developed several years ago. And there's a great book called Horse Harmony that I would encourage people who have an interest in this maybe to check out. But we have found that horses really do fall into patterns along the elements of nature. So I work with, as, as I like to say, that I work with um, horses to help their owners get better is usually what I like to say, you know, rather than helping owners, but um, it's really about helping horses and really helping us be, not, not just helping our horses be the best they can be, but actually helping owners look at their horses a little differently and maybe change some of the things we do as owners to be the best partners we can be. I think it's a two-way street. I love that. So what are some of the changes that you often suggest for certain horses? So it depends, right? So you take a, a wood horse, right? And each of those elements are tied to organ systems in the body. For example, fire is tied to the, the heart, small intestine, um, also the pericardium and the triple heater, which we won't go into details there, but earth is related to spleen stomach. So earth horses can have issues digesting a complicated diet. Wood is tied to liver and gallbladder. And while horses don't have a gallbladder per se, like the human organ, but they do have a gallbladder meridian in Chinese medicine. And those horses often cannot digest fats very well. And I see that with performance horses a lot, right? People are, are feeding their performance horses. They're feeding this wood horse a high fat diet and the horse is just you know, mean and nasty. And if we reduce some of the fat and change the energy source for that horse, we start to see better behavior or the earth horse with the spleen stomach, right? They're feeding them a really complicated, there's you know, eight different things in the feed bucket. And if we just suddenly, they tend to be easy keepers anyway. Um, and if we simplify their diet, we find a happier horse. We also have things like a fire horse, right? Fire horses are prone to anxiety, kind of like fire humans are. And they will burn through their minerals. And sometimes you, you see a, a fire horse is, is very, very wound up and, and, and anxious. Um, magnesium can go a long way. So a lot of times we don't need really complicated things for our horses to be healthier. We, just, we sometimes need to simplify a bit, make small changes. But we have found that nutritionally, we'd like to think every horse can eat the same thing. In addition to studying temperament typing, I have studied holistic horse nutrition now for several years, also with Dr. Ward. Well, it would be great if, and I've got three horses and one donkey in my barn, that I could just go up there, open one bag, feed everybody the same way. Wouldn't life be easy, right? Feeding wouldn't be nearly as complicated as it can be sometimes. But the reality is I have three different types of horses in my barn and not everything works for all horses. And we've had to kind of, you know, monitor and see and, and make small changes because we have different types. So, you know, a lot of times if you're having trouble with a horse, I try to help people look at nutrition first because it's such a fundamental thing on, on what they need. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. You know, and if we, if we, if we look at the types, right, and we start to feed that way, um, it's, but it's a, it's a new thing for people to look at, right? Totally. Yes. So what other things besides nutrition do you often suggest people analyze to figure out the type? So the other thing is training. Different temperament types 
um, are better at different things and they learn differently. So metal horse, right? If we think of metal in nature, it's rigid, right? And we often like to think of a metal horse as the um, hardworking ranch horse, the one that they're all business. And we've all seen these, you know, we've all seen all these horses. And if I just, let let me digress for a second. Like we've seen them for ads, you know, husband safe, beginner safe, anybody can ride that most likely I read that and go, and that's an, or, or easy keeper, right? That's an earth horse, right? Um, if I see experienced rider required, right? I go, oh, there's probably some wood in there or a wood fire combination. And those horses have different training needs, right? Um, so I am a dressage rider. Uh, certainly I'm trying to be a dressage rider. It's been the last couple of years. It's been a, a job to compete at higher levels and I'm, I'm trying to get there. And I had a horse several years ago, cute little quarter horse. He was a cutting horse. He'd washed out. And at the time I wanted to go and, and chase cows and do penning and sorting. So he was, he was perfect. Pockets was going to be the perfect horse. Not long after I got pockets, I discovered dressage. And I thought it was amazing, right? He thought it was a fate worse than death. Now, looking back, I know Pockets was a wood horse, straight up wood horse. And the dressage I wanted to do wasn't really giving him the outlet he needed. Wood horses are competitive. Race horses, by and large, are hot wood horses. They go, they're competitive. They need to compete. I wasn't giving this horse an outlet for his, his competitive nature, and he took to bucking me off in protest. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, yeah. 20 meter circle. Off goes mom, right? Um, and there was a time going across our pasture that my husband asked his horse to trot. I'm like, oh, we've had a long ride. I fought with this horse the entire time because he just, he, he didn't have anybody else to compete with. And he chose to compete with me. And I asked him to trot. He went to barrel after the other horse. I checked him back and he bucked me off hard. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, and it was just really he was a great horse. He is, by the way, a professional rodeo horse now and doing great. And it was very hard for me to part ways with him, but it turned out he wasn't what I needed and I wasn't what he needed. Right. That's so, a wonderful thing to discover and to honor. Yeah. It was, you know, it was funny. I, when he left, I cried. Oh, I cried. My other horse was already on the way. I cried for five minutes. Oh. And then I realized <laughs> that I was past that, but it was just, he was a hot-blooded horse and he needed something I couldn't provide, right? And I see other, other riders that do, you know, dressage riders, and I see a wood horse in there or a firewood horse. They're bored out of their mind. Sometimes some horses need a bigger job, right? Some horses are content to do what you want to do all day. A fire horse, if you groom them and tell them they're handsome or beautiful, they will perform all day long because they love to be the center of attention, (laughs) right? You know, or a a water horse is one that I often like to use as an example. If we think of water in nature, water's constantly moving, right? What happens when we stop water? It gets, it gets stagnant and there's problems. Water horses are the kind that, yeah, they're beautiful movers. It's the kind of horse that they're incredible to watch in the show ring, but it is not the horse you want to take on a trail ride because they are convinced that there is a dragon around every turn behind every tree and every stump is going to kill them. And they really, of all the types, that one requires an experienced 
rider and not because they're bad horses, but because they need someone that can give them the support, right? That they need because they're not confident. And, you know, all of these things aren't really an issue when a horse is in balance, right? I think I said earlier, we all have all of these elements in us, right? You know, I've got fire, earth, metal, water, wood, Beth, you do too. Right. Um, you know, my constitutional type, probably no surprise, Beth, because you've, you've worked with me enough, is fire. <laughs> so, you know, I've, I've got the, the energy of a fire horse. Um, but any of those elements can become out of balance. A balanced fire horse, balanced earth horse, balanced metal horse, you know, they're, they're wonderful because they're, they're in a good balanced state. It's when horses become unbalanced that we start to have challenges. And um, what unbalances horses, right? That's, a, that's the question people ask, well, how does a horse get unbalanced? Goodness, life with humans unbalances horses. <laughs> Surely it does. I mean, think about it, right? Yes. They, they, wild horses don't really have much to deal with humans. They worry about food, they move, they eat, they sleep, they move, they eat, they drink, right? They procreate and that's what they do. Well, you know, we bring horses into fenced in pastures, fenced in paddocks. We put them in stalls. We feed them high processed feeds. We feed them too much feed, right? For, for the, for what we're doing. You know, I'll see people who are giving horses, you know, a flake of alfalfa twice a day and the horse, you know, works 20 minutes, three days a week. And they wonder why the horse is too much to handle. Right. Um, The other thing that really overtraining, right. Competition schedules, all of those things, Horses, there's no way they can't be unbalanced, right? You know, and we, we all like to think that, that we, we have natural horsemanship and, and many people do, but there's nothing natural about, about what we do. Yes. And I, I, think it's in, I think it's incumbent upon us humans to just be aware of the stressors we place on horses. It doesn't mean we shouldn't ride horses. We have, we have three in the barn. I ride two of them. I'm sure if I asked either, you know, Gitano, my, my Lusitano, who I just got recently, or Finnegan, my, my Irish draft horse, what they would like to do today, they would probably say, you know, I kind of had grazing in the pasture on my mind. What do you have planned? <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're not going to say, I would like to work on a canter pirouette today, right? That's probably not first thing on their list. They both have great work ethics, but come on, let's be real. Totally. Yeah. Um, but just... We, I think, as humans need to be aware, are we overtraining, right? Um, do we need to back off? Are we feeding in line with how we are training, right? You know, we look at horses with ulcers, right? Where do ulcers come from? Ulcers come from stress, whether it is physical stress, pain, emotional stress, right? Um, and, and I think if we would just listen to our horses, I know you communicate with horses, Beth, but I think we can all listen to horses and pay attention. And the one thing I always tell people, get to know your horse. What is normal for your horse, right? Yes. You know what normal is. You probably are going to know when not normal happens. You're going to see the signs. Just pay attention. Absolutely. That's why we're very blessed to have them at home where we can keep very close watch. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that is a blessing. It, it is right. You know, and mine, mine are just, you know, just up the driveway from at the barn, right. Or in the pasture where they are at the moment, or probably at the gate waiting for carrots if it's my crew. So I wanted to ask, um, 
When you have the different element horses, do some get along better with others? You know that, that you can have, you, there are dynamics in horse herds, right? I keep going back to the wood horse. I, I feel like I'm picking on the wood horses all the time, <laughs> right? Because, because they're just, wood horses, we jokingly say, if you have a juvenile delinquent in the pasture that everybody seems to be disciplining all the time, might be a wood horse, oh. right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they just, they pick. And if they, especially a wood horse that's overfed and doesn't have enough to do, they are going to invent jobs. And usually that means irritating the crap out of the rest of the herd, right? <laughs> or tearing up buckets or, or in my case, tearing the insulation off of the trough, which was oh, always no. my husband. <laughs> well, no, yeah, no, he would just, there's, <laughs> I'll have to find it for you sometime. I have a picture, you know, the equine signs that we have in Texas that, you know, it's an equine sports are dangerous, the, the kind of legal there is a bite taken out of my equine side. I want to make a point. This is true. <laughs> yeah, it's a, the size of a pony mouth, right? <laughs> He's just like, yeah, okay. He didn't know what to do with himself, so he chewed up a side. But, you know, and some of them, you know, like a water horse needs probably more support from their herd. There are some combinations, and I, mean, I don't go into too much detail there because that's, that's sort of the next level of discussion. But there are, you know, earth and metal and metal earth kind of combinations. And a metal earth horse um, is one that they don't assimilate into a new herd very well. They don't assimilate new foods. Metal doesn't handle change well. And, and, not, and earth doesn't either. Metal's really bad. But that horse, when they get to a new herd, they're often the one you see, they're standing by themselves all the time. Why don't they get along with everybody? Because they, they either, it's just too much effort. They don't want to get picked on. So, you know, and I think for me, I gravitate to earth and metal types, right? That friendly, the great metal's quiet, but if you put it with earth, you get a friendly horse, generally easygoing, very amateur friendly for the most part. Sure. Um, so I, I think for my herd, they all seem to get along though. They're it, though my Finnegan, right? He's oftentimes, he's the odd man out. I'm like, hmm. You know, and it's, it's just kind of interesting to watch. But yeah, you, you will see they, they, the dynamics are there. The wood horse is a pain. The fire horse is afraid of everything, right? They're the one everybody's trying to protect. So yeah, I think we do see that. Interesting. And then how about the donkey? Do you type them as well? I have never figured out how to type a donkey. <laughs> okay, I was just curious. <laughs> you know, because he, well, he's, he's a baby, right? But he is, you know, if I was going to type him, He's probably an earthy little guy, right? Because he is so friendly. Yeah. Like, but, but he was so cautious at first because humans had treated him badly, oh. you know? And it went from do not touch me to, oh my gosh, can I be in your back pocket all the time? Like, no matter what, I turn around and there's a notice right in my back. I remember seeing so, the evolution in those photos. That was really beautiful, oh, actually. And the He's got the longest ears ever. <laughs> but yeah. You know, I've gotten I'm much better at typing horses than I am donkeys. But ironically, my horses have been the hardest for me to type. And I think it's just too close to the situation, right? You know, because the other, you know, we've got, my, my husband has an old quarter horse. He's coming 22. He's a grumpy old codger. He just really is. We love him. He's our grumpy old codger. But we've Your got horse, back. Right? Is it... What? The horse, right? <laughs> they're a really good match. We'll just go with that. <laughs> me and my husband are a perfect match. But, 
you know, he is one that we've been a little uncertain of. And I, and I actually go back and forth depending on the day and depending on the season, which I'll talk about in a minute. I believe, and I, I, I started doing this um, when I retired from my corporate job of 30 some years, right? And I decided to sign up and take this class because I'd read the book and thought it was cool. And it took me 11 chapters to find my husband's horse. Oh, Not wow. coincidentally, there are 11 types. So it was like the last chapter, I, I kept reading and reading going, I can't find him, I can't find him. I do believe he is an earth metal. Um, however, however, he can behave like a wood horse sometimes. But what we think is he truly is earth metal and he actually has a wood imbalance. Remember when I talked about different imbalances. So um, it's wood's tied to um, liver gallbladder. And you, we really can see wood overact on liver. So these, these, there's an interplay between all of these elements and one can interact and, and, and overpower another. The liver is one I often look at when I'm going to type a horse. If I'm seeing bad behavior that shouldn't be there and you know, what can cause the liver to overact? Over vaccination. And I don't ever tell anybody how much they should or shouldn't vaccinate their horses. That's very much a personal decision. Um, you know, medications, just like humans, the liver is the main detoxifying organ in the body. Um, you know, high fat feeds, those kind of things can eventually overload that liver. The emotion associated with the liver is anger. Oh, so when our livers are upset, we get angry, right? And I see him sometimes get angry. I'm like, are you a wood horse? I'm not, you know, we don't know with him. He's, you know, he was wildly out of balance when we got him. He was shut down badly because of his past life. Um, hard, hard overtraining and nobody really listened to him and he was shut down because of it. We thought he was completely safe. He was shut down. Oh yes. You see that a lot. They just we check do. out. They just we check do. out. Yeah. They, they do check out and you think they're safe as can be. And nobody let him have an opinion. And when we let him have an opinion, oh, he had several. Oh my goodness. Yep. Well, he got mad. He started bucking at my husband. Wow. Wow. You know, he would get emotional, out, out, just outbursts. And he would, stay, he would take the bucket. Luckily, my husband never came off. Um, they actually parted ways for a few years. Um, I would ride him a little bit. But, you know, he, he was one that, he scared me sometimes. But he has mellowed. We have done a lot of things with his diet. We gave him a couple years almost totally off. And now they're riding together again. And they're like you know, two grumpy old men riding across the pasture. They're happy. That's wonderful. But, yeah. But, you know, we don't know still. There's too many things that point to earth and metal for me. Um, so we think he, there was an imbalance with wood. So interesting. Yeah. So what have horses taught you about life? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> take nothing for granted for sure. Um, you know that they've taught me really to let go of my own agenda and look at what's best for them. Right. Um, you know, my, my, my current horse Catano, I've had him since April and he's, he is, he is a dream horse from in every sense of the word, but, um, we've learned some interesting things with him and we've had some lameness issues. Turns out his lameness issues appear to be sourced by donkey chasing across 26 acres of pasture. Oh my goodness. No kidding. Yeah, 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 yeah. No. 
he was um, in, in, in full training five to six days a week before I got him in a small paddock turnout by himself and sound as could be. He came here and he got progressively less sound. And, you know, we've had to do some stuff with, his, with the temperament typing with him and some, some feed changes. But ultimately, I, I've put my dreams on hold. I had dreams of competing at, at pre-St. George in four or five years, right? Um, but right now, that's not the best thing for him. Because what we have also found is there's holes in his training that we've had to go back now. Um, and we're starting basically at, at the beginning to really help him fill those holes and to stay sound and healthy. Um, they have taught me that they are more important than whatever goals I actually have. Oh, that's beautiful. I just got chills. Oh, yeah, me too. But yeah, no, it, it's that they are my everything, right? You know, if I'm having a bad day, my horse Finnegan, who is, he is, he's a larger than life personality. Finn never wants anybody to be upset. And as much as Gatano is, is a dream for me, Finnegan is my heart and will always be my heart. And, you know, he's taught me just to savor the, the quiet moments. You know, yesterday I went up to the barn to let the horses out. The other ones all took off to go do whatever they were doing. And he's like, I just want to hang out with you today. Oh, so you know, I was like, well, dude, I'm just scooping, you know, I'm cleaning stalls. If you want to help clean stalls, that's fine. You know, and he's just, he's taught me this, the quiet moments, you know, and we, we had issues with him too. He had kissing spine and we didn't know it. Um, and so my dreams with him got put on hold while we did surgery and, and really we've decided he's going to be who he's going to be. And I guess for us, Beth, we let our horses be who they're going to be. Um, you know, and we take that we, we, they've also, they've taught me how to take each day as it is and try to find a good in it. Cause you know, not every ride is good. There are rides where you go, Oh my gosh, should I just give this hobby up? Right. Right. But they've taught me to kind of find the good in it. Oh, I'm so glad to hear that. Yeah. yeah. So if you could give the horse world one message from the things you've learned, I know you've already said some really beautiful things. What would be that one message you'd like to share with the horse world? Pay attention. Truly pay attention. When you go to the barn, pay attention. What's your horse doing, right? What are they telling you? No, they're not they're saying, hey, Sherry, I don't want to do this today, right? What are they saying? Do, does something look off? When you tack them up, pay attention. Is something different? Don't be in a hurry to tack the horse and get to the arena and get your workout in, right? As you're walking to the arena, you know, horses, they'll telegraph. Finnegan will tell me immediately, I am having a bad day. You might want to grab the lunch line. Right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, if he's, if he's walking kind of quietly my, at my side, he's okay, right? But if he is kind of doing circles around me as I'm trying to lead him to the arena, I'm like, hmm. You know, and it's, I don't think we should ever be surprised when we get in the saddle and something doesn't feel right and we should never ignore it if it doesn't. Right. Absolutely. Quite frankly, our horse has probably told us in about eight to 10 different ways between catching them and getting to the mounting block that something's not okay. But we've just, we've been busy. We've had this. Oh my gosh, we got home from work. We got to get this ride in before we make dinner or I got to get my ride in before I get a shower and go to work. My schedule, my schedule, my schedule. And that's, that's fine, right? We all have schedules and life is important. And you're, you, the world cannot revolve around your horse either. But if we just take a moment 
to put our, our, I like to say, put our crap aside, right? And listen to them. I think that we will probably hear what they're telling us. And I think that we can head off accidents that way, wrecks that way, bad feelings that way. And the other, if I can give the horse world a second piece of advice, if you're having a problem, look in the mirror first. Yep. Always don't ever, I, I've seen so many people blame their horse. Yeah. You know, he did this, he did. I mean, how many of us have been riding with somebody and they're just yelling at their horse the whole time? It's like, I think the horse wishes he could grab the whip and whack the person, right? You know, it's, it's that, it's got to be the horse's fault. Well, maybe, just maybe, if we look in the mirror first and ask, what are we doing that's possibly causing this? And it might not be what we're doing in the saddle that day. It might be things that happened before. Feed, right? You know, we don't, we don't, turn our horse out. They're stalled almost all the time. And we wonder why they're a raging lunatic and they have to be lunged down. Well, they, they've not had an outlet for their energy. And I think if we pay attention and, and we ask our, I think we should constantly as horse owners, horse riders, right? Be asking ourselves, what can we be doing to be better partners? We demand so much from our horses, Beth. We do. Oh, yes. We, you know, they need to do this. They need to change. They need to, they need to. We don't, so many people don't say, what do I need to do differently? Yes. And that's, that's one of my missions. And I know it is. I know it is. <laughs> I didn't make that up just because it's your mission. It, but it's, yep. it's been a hard journey, right? You know, and, and it's, you know, if you can't get the lead, are you asking the right way? Right. If the horse is resisting, are we asking the right way? Um, no, we just doesn't want to pick up his right lead. I don't think so. <laughs> a, horse is, a horse does not consciously go, I don't think I want to pick up my right lead today. Not on Thursdays. It's just not what I do on Thursdays. Right? <laughs> right exactly. <laughs> oh my right. God. Well, this leads into my next question really well. How, how, uh -huh. do you, how do you use your intuition with your horses? Uh, you know, hmm. My gut has been trying to talk to me about horses for a long time. And it's only been in the last year or two that I've actually started to listen to it. Oh, good. That's good. Um, well, you know, I had three really bad horse matches prior to finding Finnegan. It was like, you know, my, the, the dating scene that just would never end. Um, and probably in all of those very early on, my gut said this was a bad decision, right? The first one, the first one was a mare. She was too young. I was too green. You can, you can fill in the blanks for how that went, right? Yeah. Well, then came Pockets, the, 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 the wood horse. Then, then a horse who had just, his training was not appropriate for what I wanted. But I kept trying to push and push and push and make it work, right? If I just worked harder, you know, my intuition has helped me to say I am or I'm not a good match for a horse now. But I think it helps me just, when I walk to the barn, I can look at them now and know, right? Um, something's right. Something's wrong. They're happy to see me. They're not happy to see me. You know, today's, today's not the day to push it hard because they're just not feeling it. You know, let, let's, let's play a little, you know, or they're just looking at me going, another day of training is not what we need. So, you know, down we go place with some liberty work, right? And I think it, it's just, I really try to use it that way. And my intuition served me well in temperament typing. By and large, within about five or 10 minutes, the horse is going to tell me who they are, unless they're my horse in my barn, apparently not. But, <laughs> you know, I usually know when I go into work with a horse, 
in the first five to 10 minutes, they have told me what they are and who they are. I spend the next probably 30 to 40 minutes with the human just teasing out my theory. Truly. There's a, they, have, they have a feel to them. Sometimes it's just in their eyes. Their eyes tell me a ton. I love that. I remember a vet that I knew in California when he was doing an exam on the horse, he put the light in the eyes and he looked at me and quietly said, it's like a whole other universe in there, isn't it? The, the, depth, the depth of their eyes, you know, yeah. if you really look deeply into a horse's eyes, that they can see into your soul. Absolutely. If you let them, Right. And what's funny is they, they see us better than we see us, right? They're like, yeah, no, that's so not you. You're not being genuine today. Nice try though. You're having a bad day. Why don't you just admit it? <laughs> yes. They just want us to say out loud how we're actually feeling so we can be congruent. That's what it comes Yeah, to. Yeah. Like, like, like Finnegan, he wants everybody to have a good day, right? And <laughs> sadly, his method of accomplishing that isn't always successful with my husband. What does he do? Oh, my husband was having a bad day and he was in a hurry and he went up there and he was cleaning feet and Finn tried to play with him a couple times and my husband didn't want to play. He bit him in the butt. Oh no. <laughs> he did. So Finnegan's idea of helping somebody have a better day sometimes is not good. Was it bad? Was he okay? Oh yeah, he was fine. He okay, was fine. Good. Um, but you know, it, it's, yeah, they just want us to be our genuine self. They, and they forgive us. Right? Yes, they do. Yes, they do. We, we think it always has to be perfect. They're just like, I, I forgive you all that. Be who you are, man. Yeah, they do. Yeah, I like to do the ho'oponopono uh, four phrases. I love you. Thank you for everything. I'm sorry if anything upset you. Please forgive me if it did. And I'll do yeah. that usually after every ride. And Pepper will just look at me like, yeah, we're cool. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, it's, it's funny. I think and people, I, you know, I don't think they spend enough time truly building a relationship with their horse, right? And I, I often challenge people, is your horse your partner or is he a tool? Oh, sure. Right. Great question. Right. Is yeah. he, if you just go, go get him, tack him, ride him, put him up, he's a tool, right? And then you get mad because he's not your partner. Well, you're not treating him like a partner. You know, I laugh because you know, I've had some trainers on Finnegan before, um, Though my current trainer, actually, he, he gets along with her pretty well because she, she's kind of, she's paying attention to him. But there's things that I can get away with with him that trainers simply cannot, right? He's, he's, he's an Irish draft horse. He's a little bit lazy. And okay, he's a lot lazy. But, you know, um, occasionally my spurs, I don't like spurs for forward, but occasionally he needs a little reminder of you need to go, Right. And if, if I get him with my spurs, he'll swish his tail at me. And, you know, we have a little negotiation that says, I understand that you found that offensive. What I find offensive is that you won't go. So I, I appreciate your input. Just go, right? But he's had trainers where he's bucked on them. Oh. Because he's, he's like, I don't know you. That was rude. <laughs> but for me, he knows and he knows where the boundaries are. Yeah. It's kind of cool. I've had him, we've been together for four years. Right. And people also want, they, they, they go and you know, test ride a new horse and oh my gosh, they bring them home and they should be partners immediately. It's like what dating. You know, I always joke like my first ride on pepper um, is like our first date and yeah. they had him all tacked up and ready to go and brought him up to the mounting block. And I'm like, wait, time out. I need to go hand walk him a little bit. Let's just get to know yeah. how he feels before I just hop on you. It's like, right. <laughs> it's okay. a little awkward. <laughs> yeah. I, wonder why, I mean, 
like what what is actually in this for the horse at this point totally right you know and, and Finnegan I was blessed he wanted to be buddies from the get-go right the, the, from the minute he hit the property he recognized me as the woman with the apples from the test ride right so he, <laughs> he was pretty excited that his food source was here you know but Gatano's a little bit different he's like get there but not yet he, he, he keeps me at a distance he, he's not willing to open everything up and say okay I know you you know me um so he's he's I think my next level of learning if you will you know every horse I've had is an incredible teacher Finn's been an incredible teacher and I think Gatano is my next level teacher for sure I think there's metal in him for sure I my my working theory is that he actually is an earth metal horse um but I'm not sure yet. He's, he's, he's a little, he's a little standoffish with the herd. He's, he's, he's incredibly nurturing. I watch him. We have calves across the the fence. He's very nurturing with them. He's very tolerant of Otis who the the baby donkey's his best friend. Um, But he does not make waves despite being, he was a stallion until two years ago. So I think he was gelded at seven. Oh, I don't think um, I realize that. Okay. Yeah. There's not an aggressive bone in that horse's body. He, he, you know, he will step back. He will give the other horse's way. He doesn't challenge anybody. So right away I go, he's definitely not wood. Right. Then he, I don't think he's a fire horse either because he's, he's, he's pretty level headed. He's, he's an interesting little study for me, but he's the next lesson in just because I want to be close. Doesn't mean he wants to be close immediately. It's so good to honor how they are and really yeah. just, yeah. notice and enjoy how it all develops with the relationships. Um, so how long does it usually take to type a horse? Like you said, sometimes uh, you know right away when you walk into the barn. Or- yeah. Usually a session's about an hour long. Okay. Is what it, is what it takes. You know, I, 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 I do sessions face to face. I do sessions by phone. Like, like what I often do, well, I will ask somebody to fill in a questionnaire first. And that's as much to give me just a little bit of background on the horse as to get them thinking about their horse, right? You know, I, I'll ask them things about physical characteristics. I ask them to send me pictures if I'm not going to be there face to face. You know, what do they like to handle on the ground? What do they like around other horses? What do they like to train? Because um, all those things, right, will, will start to help me f- formulate kind of a little bit of an opinion. And then when I go and see the horse, um, like I said, they, they, they just tell me. And, and I've had differing levels of, of receptiveness from owners. I have. Um, sure. you know, yeah. There's one horse that I am convinced he hates to do dressage. He hates it. But he continues to do dressage. And those horses, you know, what I usually tell people is do some cross training, right? If you're going to do dressage, that's fine. Get him out. You know, go long trot him, Right. And there was a, a client that I worked with. She has a lovely, lovely um, dressage horse. And you know, we talked about just getting him out and doing gallop sets. And he is a better horse for it. Actually, I actually think he is a fire wood, wood fire. Sorry, backwards. He's a wood fire. And those horses, the world revolves around them. And if you have a doubt, go back and see that first rule. The world revolves around them. <laughs> but their, cha- their challenge is... Their work ethic is either a zero or a 10. They are either on their game and they are ready to go, or they look at you and go, it's going to take you two hours to catch me today because I am not feeling it. At least they're clear. Yep. They're very clear. Right. (laughs) And if you know, if you get them saddled and you're having a day where they're not, they're not wanting to give it, I, I tell the owner, just go and hack. 
because that is a battle you're never going to win. And, you know, someone once told me every time you're with a horse or ride a horse, you're either putting money in the bank or you're taking money out. And sometimes it is not worth the withdrawal to push an agenda. And not with those horses, for sure. They, they kind of go, <laughs> this is not going to end well, right? Yes. You know, and, and pe- people know those horses. They've seen them. That, that, that's the one where you see the owner stomping around the paddock with an empty halter with steam coming out of their ears, <laughs> right? Like, oh, that must be a wood fire they're trying to catch, right? Or a wood horse. Yeah, I've been, that, yeah. I've been there with client horses. <laughs> My wood horse was like that. He, you know, he would be like... And just take off. <laughs> See ya. Yep. <laughs> I'm pretty sure my neighbors, luckily I live in the country. I'm pretty sure my neighbors probably heard all manner of choice words out of my mouth. <laughs> oh my goodness. So has there ever been a horse that's really surprised you? How so? In the sense of you thought it was one element and then it was yeah. another. Yes. Yeah. Finnegan. Okay. Um, and, and now we're not sure either, but Finnegan, you know, he, um, when I first looked at him, I, I told Dr. Ward, who is my mentor and, and a very good friend, um, I said, he's either the fattest fire horse I've ever seen or the, you know, the goofiest, you know, the, the, the most social earth horse I've ever seen. Um, brought him home and we really thought that he was a metal earth because he, he had some of that kind of behavior. And we treated him like that for a long time. And one day, I'll bet it was about a year ago, I, I don't even know what I was talking about. And he kind of looked at me and, and very clearly said, you know, that's not what I am, right? Oh, wow. He's like, no, I'm not. And I, I, I yeah, you know, because I, I thought, oh, because he's been, he had drama moments and everything else, right? Which is not like that, necessarily like that temperament type. So I actually think he's a fire of water. Oh, wow. That's so interesting. Yeah. Um, and ironically enough, we have experienced more than one time that those two types, that there's a lot of cross there. And oftentimes it will look like one when it's actually the other. So we actually think, and, and Finnegan, the reason why he's been a little tough is Finnegan's he's extremely well balanced. He um, was with the same person his whole life. So he was 11. He only ever knew love. He was not started hard. He was not trained hard. He was really handled brilliantly from the get-go, right? Nice. And so we've not seen too much out of balance, but he did go out of balance when I got him. And that's why I think we thought that he was a metal earth. He, um, we got him here, right? Same person for 11 years. He comes to Texas from Kansas. And that was the first inkling that he looked at coastal hay and said, that's not food. You better find something else because I'm not going to eat that. <laughs> Yeah, so he gets Timothy Hay. Um, he, everything looked different, smelled different, right? His new pasture mate beat him up. That would be my husband's old quarter horse. Um, he has a habit. But he very quickly became unmanageable for me. He, would, he was spooky. He was, I was afraid to ride him. Oh, wow. And he was out of balance. And we think he had a hindgut problem. We treated that holistically. And 48 hours later, he was back and he's been okay ever since. Oh, that's so good that you're able to figure it out. Yeah, yeah. And he's, you know, we watch him seasonally. We watch our horses because different seasons can affect temperaments differently. 
the elements, right? Like right now, we, fall is the season of metal. And metal is tied to the lung and large intestine. So horses that are prone to large intestine issues, think colic, right? Um, you got, we watch them in the fall, right? Do we need to do things differently? You know, keep things processed through their system a little bit better. Um, where late summer is earth, right? So you might, you, you might see some issues with your earth horses then. And it's just kind of interesting. So, I, you know, we watch them seasonally. I would love to say that you can just pick a feed for your horse, stick with it forever. Um, but sometimes we have to change seasonally. Like here, we have pasture. My horses roam on 26 acres, unless I have very lush grass, then they find themselves closed into about a three acre pasture because, you know, my husband's horse foundered on us a couple of years ago, Oh wow! Okay, 19 years on grass. And we had an unprecedented fall, right? Which is fall is, you know, early fall is, is plain stomach, like fall is, is, you know, large intestine. But we had unprecedented grass at a time when all horse, all horses' brains actually tell them, I don't know if you know this, all horses' brains tell them to eat more in the fall, even our domesticated horses, right? So we think about, think about mammals getting ready for hibernation. Horses don't hibernate, but most animals are building up their food storage in the fall to go into the winter. Horses are the same way. That makes sense. Yeah. Right. Wild horses bulk up the, the, you know, the goal is to go into winter a little bit fat because they're going to come out of it in spring thin right oh no so wonder the, my girth was a little hard to put on today there you go yeah <laughs> his, his girth my belt right <laughs> seems to be the same problem going on but their pituitary their brain is telling them to eat more so grass has never been an issue for this horse but suddenly we had unprecedented rains and grass in texas in the fall and we had no idea he foundered. And this is a horse that had been fine his whole life. So we're, we're a little careful now. You know, we watch in the fall. We watch in the spring. Um, there's different, different herbs I will bring in in the fall. Uh, we have a, a ton of live oak trees on our property. And for whatever reason, my horses can't stay out of the acorns. Oh, sure. Okay. Crunchy, crunchy carbo bombs in the fall, right? That's just what they need is more energy in the fall. Um, you know, so I will do often do a detox herb for them in the fall. It's, I can't stop them from eating it. I cannot stop them from eating the acorns. I have too many trees. So I just try to help them and we keep an eye on that. You know, usually I'll try to do a de detox literally in the fall and the spring for my guys. Just yeah. herbs. What are, what's in there usually? So, you know, I, I cheat. I buy Hilton herbs. Okay. Um, they do milk thistle plus is what I use. Milk thistle is great for the liver. Human. Or horses, actually. I, I wouldn't recommend to yeah. eat the milk of the soul plus. That's kind of that's nasty. My horses love it, though. It's just, a, it's just a collection of dry herbs. Okay. So, yeah, usually fall and spring, we just go through a round that they eat it up. You know, and it's, they, they know what they need better than we do, right? Yes. They just do, right? They seek out, when we think about what horses seek out in a pasture, dandelion, right? Mm. Thistles. How many people have seen their horses go, my love, thistle, which really upsets my husband because if they eat thistle, they are going to create more thistle, right? So they're oh, pooping thistle right. seeds everywhere and there you go. We got more thistle, but, um, and, and they'll eat, they'll eat, they'll eat nettle as well. It's good for their liver. They do that to detoxify themselves. So they know what they need. That's really cool. It is cool. It, it is. I'm like, you looking at the thistle. Blech, it's prickly. They love it. <laughs> is there anything else that you want to share that we haven't covered? Oh my gosh, we've covered so much. Beth, I've talked your ear off. Um, 
it's fun. I love hearing it though. No, you know, and it, it's just like we could talk, we could talk about temperament typing forever. I can kind of give you a high level of it. It's just, I believe this is a different way of looking at a horse, right? Yes. And, and believe me, this doesn't, you know, we say Chinese medicine, it does not replace Western medicine at all. It doesn't, you know, I'm not suggesting that, you know, Chinese medicine is all we need for our horses, just like humans, right? There is wellness and there's illness. Um, and the goal of what we try to do here is to prevent illness by looking at, you know, how do we keep a horse's stress lower, right? I don't think we ever get rid of all of their stress. Um, they're prey animals. <laughs> they're always going to have some kind of stress, right? But our goal is to keep them in their parasympathetic nervous system as much as we can. Stress puts them into their sympathetic nervous system, right? Yes. And yes. when they're living in that, that, that fight or flight mode, that sympathetic nervous system is when we start to see the body break down. So I think the goal of keeping them balanced is to try to keep them more parasympathetic, right? Keep their insides happy to keep their outsides happy. And it's like I said, it's how we feed them. And as much as anybody, I wish there was an answer to open a bag and just pour it in. Um, I, I, I'm not saying that you should never feed a commercial feed, right? Um, I have. And I think we have to look at what we're putting in them and is it the right thing? Because I think we have a, a situation with so many horses. Our horses, are, our horses are fat, though I probably shouldn't show you a picture of mine in the pasture at the moment, but it's, we're, we're overfeeding our horses and undernourishing our horses, right? I can so, see that would be similar to humans too. It is. Oh, it's very similar. The processed food diet, right? That, that you're getting a lot of calories, but are you getting what you need, right? And it's, you know, when you look at how much grain should we, how much grain should we feed a horse, right? Um, conventional wisdom is no more than two to three pounds at a feed, because guess what? Their foregut can't handle anything more than that. So, you know, you know, we feed six, eight pounds of grain at, at a sitting and, you know, eventually I think that's going to be a problem. So it's, I think we need to pay attention to what we're feeding. Are they getting nutritionally what they need? Right. Um, and are we overworking them and overstressing them? Are we giving them, you know, are they getting mental health days? Such a good point. They need, I think they need mental health days just like us. Oh yes. Right. You know, you, you train a horse six days a week, you know, and even some of the best dressage riders, um, Hester, I think he trains dressage two to three days a week max. He hacks them out, right? Yeah, you got to do the cross training. I mean, even today, my pony's like, I want to jump. Let's go do the jump. <laughs> he's such a cute jumper, though. <laughs> he's wonderful. And he's like, oh, he's a cute everything. He yeah, really is. <laughs> I'm really blessed. But yeah, we've yeah. been doing dressage uh, quite a bit. And I kept hearing from him like three times this week, we need to do the poles. I want to jump. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so it's very clear. He tells me when he's getting bored. So it's, it's a blessing. To be and they can all little cross rails and stuff. Just if, even a horse that doesn't jump can do that. Totally. You know, get, get them out. And sometimes the sandbox is our comfort zone. It is for me, you know, um, because I, I think we want to ride where we can control the environment. 
Oh, absolutely. Because you, you never know, know what, what boogeyman's around the corner. So you have to have a certain level of brave in the moment to go and hack out and go and in the woods and play. And trust in your partner. Absolutely. Right? Trust. You know, case, case in point, I was riding Finnegan in a lesson in the arena a couple days ago. The same arena I've ridden Finnegan in for four years, mind you. And I picked up a trot. We went into the corner, the corner he's been in for four years. He shot straight sideways for reasons I still don't know. <laughs> Tried to do a roll back and we, we ended up with a lovely uphill canter. How exciting. Right? Oh my gosh. <laughs> like, ah, okay. You know, of course my trainer, you know, Crystal's like, that's beautiful. Keep riding it. No, we're going to walk for a second because one of us needs to bring herself back down. <laughs> and, you know, I said, to, I actually said, you know, my husband was in the arena with us and I said, you know, honey, I think we need to get those poles out of the corner. And Crystal said to me, I think you need to leave them there because you can't sanitize his environment. Right, right. So there will come a time. And, and we try to do that, right? Oh my gosh, he might spook. And we try to sanitize the environment so that when our horses encounter things, they don't know how to handle it. So the scary poles, which the donkey has knocked over every time we try to set them upright, um, you know, are... are all discombobulated again and we ride past it now every day but it's, that's that's really the most healthy thing is just to know that you can handle those spooks and ride through them and then just take your moment when you need it to help bring your heart rate down <laughs> well i mean you know and, and to, 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 to my defense that's 1450 pounds of spook when that's spooked, it spooks pretty big <laughs> it's pretty big totally well i'm glad you stayed with him that makes me yeah. happy yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah but you know you know again thinking about what does he need? What I needed was not to have those things in the corner because he might spook again. What he needed was to get comfortable with the things in the corner. Yep, yeah. totally. Yeah. Uh, Sherry, do you do consultations online um, or just in person? I do them, I do them uh, via phone or, or um, Zoom. Yeah. Okay, very good. Actually, most of my business is via Zoom, most of the people, because I, you know, I, I deal with people all over the country. Perfect. Well, I'll definitely put your details in the description. Yeah. And um, thank you so much for chatting with me today. Well, thank you for having me, Beth. It's been kind of fun. Absolutely. All right. Well, I'm going to sign off and may the horse be with you. Always. And you. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed listening to this interview as much as I enjoyed chatting with Sherry. Thank you so much for listening. And remember to lead with kindness for yourself and your horse. If you'd like to reach out, feel free to look up my website, inspiredriding.com. And may the horse be with you, always.